my kind of approach to how I would do that was kind of how I would approach weightlifting. Because for those of you that don't know, I'm a professional strength coach. So I make people strong and I make them be able to run and, you know, physically do whatever their sport or activity needs them to be able to do. So in training, when you train, you know, particularly for weightlifting, you want your training partner. Well, one, you want to have a training partner because he's going to push you more than the person, you know, that you are inside by yourself. Right. So if you have a training partner, you want them to be just slightly better than you. So that you're constantly forced with that situation of like, oh, I'm right there. Oh, it's just out of reach, but I can get it, but I can't get it, right? So that you have that motivation to just push through that barrier because the greater you get in something, right? Like the higher the skill level is, once you get to that point, you're close to the ceiling. So the amount of improvement that you can make is extremely minimal. So at that point, you have to do everything that you can to give yourself a challenge or force yourself to break through barriers. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Absolute Guard podcast. We're a competitive fighting game community podcast examining history and current events from the lens of the Arizona grassroots scene. Yes, welcome. This is episode 69. My name is Benny, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, John. Uh, Today's guest is Mr. Luminaire, and this episode is brought to you by Dawson's Jump Heavy Kick. (laughs) <laughs> i hate that that's, a, that's like an inside joke for everybody you want to you tell the story uh, Benny, or Mike? Well, I, I would like to hear you from either perspective on why joe heavy like needs to be banned to <laughs> i mean benny you can go ahead it's your button yeah anything you I miss was, i'll just follow it up with the truth so I mean, speaking of that button I was just informed that uh, Modern Dalsim loses that button, and that's a deal breaker for me because of that. (laughs) (laughs) So I will never play Modern Dalsim because he does not have Jump Heavy Kick, which is the bait of Kimberly's existence. Yeah, I I would say it's just the bane (laughs) of Hitbox existence in general. I mean, it's like, there you go, dog. There's your Hitbox. (laughs) Some context yep. for our viewers here is that uh, Mike w- was visiting Arizona recently and uh, we went to the gaming zone and had like a big casual session and Mike and Benny kind of went at it for a little bit as far as in Street Fighter 6 and then um, float standing, float jumping heavy kick from Dalson proved to be an extremely potent uh, attack against Mike's Kimberly. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it stops everything, dude. Like, have a lot of by getting... By Mike and Benny going at it, what he means is Benny beat me down like a redheaded stepchild for like an hour. And yes, that button is broken. But I thought that's that was okay. I'm not salty about it start. or anything. Well, well, as is customary, because this is your first time being on the show, we want to know a little bit about you. So how did the, the name Luminaire come about? Was that something that you came up with? Was that something bestowed upon you by one of the OGs or somebody else? No, so Luminaire is from my favorite and also the greatest video game ever made, Chrono Trigger. It is the ultimate technique of the main character, Luminaire, and is described as ultimate damage on all enemies. So it's non-discriminatory. It's like everything (laughs) dies and that's it. And it's cheap enough that you can just spam it. Once you get it for the rest of the game, that's it. Like it just, you win, auto mode. So yeah, ultimate damage on all enemies. Luminaire. Yeah, I have to say, like I, I've played Chrono Trigger. I haven't, I haven't played through it. And like you know, I know, I know the the lore, and I know everybody's. It's one of you know everybody's top 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 <laughs> RPGs. 
ever, but like I never played it, so yeah. I didn't I didn't know that reference at all. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, and that was uh I put the one in there just because like to your point, like getting into like games and having a handle, I was like, well, it worked for fatality. So yeah, dumb. I'm gonna do that. But, like <laughs> you go to fatality, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because he had the one in his name, and I was like, okay, sweet. Yeah, it worked for him. So it'll work for me. Nice. Also, I think with the regular eye was taken, if I remember right. So that's probably actually the real reason. But we'll go with the first reason because that's a better yeah. story. As a Chrono Trigger fan, did you did you play Sea of Stars recently? Like indie oh, game yeah. winner of the indie game of the year, I think is what it won. It was indie game of the year, rightfully so, because yes, like the thing that was unique about that game that I love, which might have been unique for me, but if you hadn't played Chrono Trigger, you're probably like, yeah, whatever. This game's like cool, but like whatever. But if you played Chrono Trigger, then you got the experience of having nostalgia from a game that you had never played before. So as you're playing it for the first time, you're like, whoa. Well, my God, it's so familiar. Like, and it's yeah. just, it's great. Like, it's satisfying on all levels. Like, the color, the artwork. Like, I mean, the characters were kind of like whatever, but it has the ultimate thing that pretty much all like RPG esque style games have. And it's like power friendship beats everything. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I know that, like, especially if you get the real ending. <laughs> well, Chrono Trigger's uh, music was also like a really big, uh, like influential thing. And I, my understanding of Sea of Stars is like they actually got the composer from Chrono Trigger to, to do the music, and it's very apparent. Like the, the style is very similar to Chrono Trigger, and I think that that's a huge part of like the nostalgia factor. I think that comes with that game. Yeah, the only the only thing that like from like an optics perspective was. Uh... Oh man, I'm gonna get grilled for getting his name. But uh the guy that drew uh Dragon Ball Z also drew Chrono Trigger. Akira Toriyama? Yeah, yeah. Toriyama, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that yep. guy's so that's why... on, a, on a pile of money right now. <laughs> Dragon Ball <laughs> Yeah, Z, I mean the IP of the of Japan. <laughs> I mean, rightfully so, man. I mean, he raised a lot of people. Like even Kenny Omega will walk out like on AEW with a I was raised by Toriyama shirt. Like it's sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Cool. So that's Good the origin. Um, uh, so did did you use that name originally with Luminaire? Did, that name with uh, uh, fighting games originally, or was it for shooters? Or no, I, I'd always like. I think since I don't think PS2 let you create a gamer tag. So that would have been Xbox 360. I think. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was Luminaire. Okay. Xbox 360. No way. <laughs> I, so the other side of this is that um, for, for everyone who's listening, uh, Mike and Benny and I have known each other for probably uh, like 15, 15 years, years at this point. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I remember very vividly how much he loves PlayStation and Sony products. And so anytime <laughs> I hear a Microsoft product uttered from his mouth, I got to call attention to it. So, oh, it's yeah. true. Because I mean, like... At the end of the day, if you have the option of playing with limits or no limits, (laughs) no limits. So you go with PlayStation because play has no limits on PlayStation. Yeah. So correction, I would have, I would say I know, I've known you guys for basically. Well, I met John briefly in 2010 when I visited visited here. Uh, I don't think Mike was at that 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 uh, sandwich shop tourney. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I don't think I I don't think I joined the scene in 2009. Okay. 
What, when yeah, did I start playing in 2009? I think the first event I ever went to, I think it was the first devastation. Maybe I was wrong, but I remember it vividly because the very first thing when I was like ready to go into the doors, like into like the, you know, ballroom, wherever, where all the games are set up. I was I'm like, okay, there's going to be some really weird people here. Be ready for it. <laughs> I open the doors. And the first thing I see is a dude with a top hat. And like a blue Converse and a red Converse. And it was Marvin. And I was yeah, like, I was going to say, it's got to be Marvin, right? <laughs> it's a wizard. My God. Yes. Like, and then right off the bat, like Marvin was like my favorite person. And then like come, I think I want to say maybe eight months later when I went to the first like tournament tournament and he was there, I was like, oh, it's the wizard. <laughs> yes. Like it's him. So yeah, I always thought Marvin was like one of the most like unique characters ever. So like, yeah, I love Marvin. He's great. Devastation okay, so- is, seems to be an entry point for a lot of people in our scene. We had uh, Lorenzo on the on the show uh, in the past, who was his first tournament was Devastation. Um, I think Marvin even brought up the Devastation was a formulative or a formative part of his fighting game origin story. Um, in episode twenty of our podcast, we actually sit down with the organizers of or uh, two. Uh, volunteers and organizers uh, for uh, for devastation as well. Um, that's just a cross episode plug. <laughs> that's fundamentally all I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's our show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you're looking at the video right now, it's kind of funny because you see. You can see uh, young John and young Mike here battling it out. <laughs> yeah, dude, in the background, I just saw Dragon Ninja without the ponytail, who's also been on the show multiple times. See episode 51. In our history videos. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, no, sure. I was off by one. He's on episode 50. Most yeah, Nam was, so. was in the beginning of the video. Uh, Nam, too. Okay, we had Nam on the show, too. He has the long hair now, too, right? Yeah, yeah. It, like it's funny because I have short hair now, and in the video I have long hair, and you had short yeah, hair, and now hair, you have yeah. now you got the the man bun. Um, and then me here, I've kept this since I've been here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just keeping it real, Benny. I like it. Yeah. It's just easy, low maintenance, right? That's the that's the Honda in me. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. This is actually pretty low maintenance because when I get a haircut, all I got to do is just buzz the sides because I just keep the top. Oh, you got the sides side. going on too. Okay, I see it. Huh. Yep. But I have to like drain out my shower like once a month. It's terrible because like I'll wash <laughs> my hair and just like clumps of hair will come out. And I'm like, that's Where? me. What? <laughs> all of that came from me? Like, my goodness. <laughs> So yeah, like shout outs to girls that have to deal with that for like their entire <laughs> lives. Like, I don't know how you do that. I think it's about not- that every time I take a shower. I'm like, is this the day I cut my hair? Cause I don't want to drain on my shower again. <laughs> you know, I, we, the, we knew at the start of this episode that because we've known each other for so long that this was going to like deviate from our standard framework pretty regularly. <laughs> and I, I'm going to take it a step further here. Um, Last episode, and I'm, I'm even doing the cross episode plugging thing. Last episode, I think I talked about how I was getting better from being sick, right? And mm-hmm. one thing that I didn't really share with anybody uh, is that when I was like really sick, like my hair looks similar to the video that, that's on the stream right now. And it was, uh, it was about that long and it was in my eyes and it was basically causing like the oil from my hair was basically getting into my eyes and irritating them. And I was sick, so I was like, I didn't want to put up with any shit. I was so, like, bent out of shape. And so I just chopped off, like, the hair that was in my eyes. <laughs> and, like, I just took out some, like, Fiskar scissors from, from our from our office uh, supply area. I just went, 
And um, I nice. just then I looked at it and I'm like, this looks fucking terrible. Uh, so let me try to fix it. <laughs> and then I tried to fix it and it looks it looks a little bit better. But then I'm like, but it still looks bad if I cut this. And I realized that I'm like, if I keep doing this, I'm not going to have any hair by the end of this. Uh, because my 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 the the hair appointment that I had was actually a week out because I was sick. Um, and so I finally. I finally got the haircut yesterday, but in the last episode, if you look very closely in the camera, you'll see that like my bangs are super fucked up. But I have a, <laughs> I have a head, headphones on, and I like I deliberately didn't shave so that way like it would distract from how whack my hair looked and stuff. I wasn't going out in public or anything either. I was like, oh, I'm still sick, guys. So if we're in the interest of talking about hair and hair nightmares. That's like literally fresh off the past week here. Once I start seeing my hair matte, I'm like, it's time to cut it. Because like that annoys the shit out of me. So I'm like, nope. Time to shave it again. You look like an early Chia pet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have yeah, I don't fair. have any attachment to my hair. Like so when I get older, <laughs> it's whatever. I've I've been doing this since, since basically high school, so <laughs> well, okay, so, I mean Yeah, it's working for you then. In an effort to get us back on topic about the fighting games, so you said you didn't join in two thousand and nine, but um, you joined. Yeah, I want to say it was exactly. I want to say it was like twenty ten because Street Fighter. Yeah, because Street Fighter, if I remember right, Street Fighter Four Vanilla came out in February two thousand nine, and I was still going to school in Texas at the time. Because I remember okay. I like picked it up and didn't really have any context for it, and I was just like, all right, whatever, we'll play it. Like it's fun because it there's always something that you can do better right or you'll be on like a streak and you're like man i'm playing great and then someone just comes in and just beats you down and you're like but 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 what like like you know there's <laughs> always something that just pulls you back in always so yeah. um yeah i kept playing it and then when i went back to move home to go back to asu that's when i was like okay like now i really like this game and i think i'm good which in reality, at that point, for everyone, you're not good. Like, if you just play online and you've never played, like, in person or in a competitive scene and you're like, yeah, I'm the best. You're literally the worst ever. So <laughs> went to that, like, got absolutely destroyed. So first devastation, I went 0-2. And, and then right after that, I switched to Guy, like, after Super came out. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think I was actually going to local gatherings until Super dropped because okay. I was playing Guy right off the start. Yeah, when he that's actually like a, a a big thing for anybody that knew you back then is you were the guy player in Arizona. I don't think anybody else really played guy besides like Rock, but he played like a million other characters. Um, yeah, and if I, uh, I didn't, Ken, I oh Ken, Ken played. Uh, he played Ken. He did. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, he yeah. played guy. Yeah, Ken Kim, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, Ken Kim. Him. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there I was there wasn't many of us. I didn't even remember meeting you at Devastation. Uh, in 2010, I think I met you at Evo, if I recall correctly. You and Alex, right? Yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. It was Alex and I. Um, that was right after we tried to smoke out Gutex, and he turned us down. Um, <laughs> which is fine. You know, you know, you always got to try. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's where we met because that's when I started like really discovering. Because I also went 0 and two, no, one and two at my first Evo, and then I was like, oh man, like there's these people are way better than I thought. Like, cause you could watch like, you know, when they had that, what was it? Like the GameStop, like opening tournament for street fighter four. And it was like Justin Wong versus oh, yeah. Daigo. Like, Daigo yeah, played yeah. versus, right. I think it was like white 
YHC Mochi or whatever. Yeah. And like you watch him play Justin and you're like, you're like, yeah, yeah, it's DP Super from full screen. Yeah. To beat him. But you watch him play and you're like, okay, like they're not that good. And then you play against people that are not even on their level and you're like, oh, wow, I am trash. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, I think um, we talked about that with uh, with Abe when we had Abe on the show, said 3S in terms of kind of like the whole because um, he kind of had that revelation, too, in terms of like finding players like on a, you know, on a much greater level. Right. And kind of equated it to like uh, or I think I equated it kind of to like playing sports. Right. Like you could play at your local whatever YMCA or basketball court. And then it's just like, hey, I'm going to play against these guys that played in college or something or these pros and you know, you can't even touch those guys. And it's the same oh, kind yeah. of thing, right? Like, you know, you, you see see a Daigo and Justin Wong and like, you know, maybe you think that they're not that great, but then like, then you get a real taste for it. And it's just like, oh man, this is like a whole nother level that I'm not, I don't, I'm not even prepared for. Yep. And then like, I mean, you couple that with like the skill of a player like Daigo, and then you throw something in like a cheater hitbox or whatever. And it's like, you're not going to be <laughs> So that's just for you, John. Yeah, you know we can. We haven't actually opened that can of worms in a while, and I was actually kind of curious about it. Is 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 hitbox cheat like you use an arcade stick? I imagine. So, I I would look at it from kind of like the perspective that like, um, and you may not have like context of this, but if you look at like golf, right, like pro golf, they uh-huh. used to allow the cheater putter where. <laughs> the handle was so much longer that you could brace it against your sternum. So your degrees of freedom actually went down. You had greater stability of the club, okay. but it's like, dude, you're a pro. Like that's your job. There's no one there. That's just you. Like, it's not like you have to react to anything. It's just you and the ball. The ball's not moving. Right. So yeah. they determined that they were going to ban that because it gave an unnecessary, like if you have the skill, like you should be able to just do the thing. So like in my mind, the only thing that I mean, there's other things that I'm sure you could dive into that hitbox like can do that, you know, you probably know better than I would. But the big thing for me is like if you're wiggling back and forth in neutral, eventually, maybe not always, but eventually, like, you know, you're going to get like a random jump by accident because you go up forward or you go back or something like that. There is that human element that eventually could happen. Right. Whereas, or even that, like if you look at, if you watch like Daigo or Tokido and they wiggle, it's like ultra fast, like pixel movement. You can do that really well with a hitbox. It's just like, but on stick, you really have to have the dexterity to do that. And if you do it too quick, you're going to get a dash or you're going to get a jump. So in my mind, it kind of takes that piece out of it. I don't like it. I don't really think it's necessarily cheating. Um, yeah, I don't know, because then you could probably make the counter argument for people that play on pad, right? It's like technically they would have a disadvantage, but then you look at someone like Mena, and Mena just dominates. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's I, an I, argument I, there. Even even currently, people say that pad is still more uh, optimal than stick is for Street Fighter Six currently. Um, I could see so that. Yeah, yeah, like especially the, the drive the, rush and. Uh, drive impact as a trigger is a big big deal i think too oh yeah yep that would make sense yeah um so yeah no i i eh, i don't know maybe like (laughs) kind of like along the route of like the classic versus modern like again i don't think modern should exist i should i think you have to get good like there's already been enough like 
you know, they've minimized barriers of entries for like, you know, input late, like leniency and things like that to where it's like, all right, dog, like if you can't do a DP, then like, don't play this game. Yeah, sure. Cause I remember when I got into four, just to be able to do uppercut FADC ultra with Ryu took me over a year. Like it took me forever to be able to do that. Granted it was yeah, my first street here. fighter. Yeah. Um, but now I look at it and I'm like, Oh dude, no, you can do that super easily. Or like, um, like if you have a character like Fei Long in four, where his DP was the DP motion backwards, where you can block simultaneously while buffering an anti-air, like that's super cheap, dude. <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> so I think, yeah, um, I don't know. To, to, to bring back to Street Fighter four too, like I, I'm curious about um, like your accolades or like any like big monu mon monumental moments in Street Fighter four. Well, actually, oh, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so I was gonna say just to kind of Talk start with Danny. four. Yeah, I was good. gonna say I was gonna say just just to start with four. Like, so what what brought you to want to play guy? Like, what well, got you? What got you to that point? Because originally you were playing Ryu. Uh, originally, I played Akuma and M Bison, okay. and okay. I was terrible at both because um, I didn't have the game sense or skill or efficiency to play Akuma. Yeah, that's a, that's what I'm saying. That's a that's a tough that's a tough start. Akuma's a tough start. Like he looks cool, and like I can understand like the gravitation towards Akuma, but it's like if you don't if you don't even know like if that was your first Street Fighter, like that's a tough character to play at first because you're gonna die quick. Oh yeah, and I did. I died a lot. And Bison, <laughs> like I just ended up playing Bison because when I would play online, I would just constantly lose to like good Bison. Who would just be like, but scissor kick, scissor kick, but scissor kick, scissor kick, roundhouse, roundhouse, <laughs> scissor kick. And I'm like, okay, fine. I can do that too. Like, <laughs> you know, so, um, and even in five, like Bison was sick. Like Bison's yeah. kit in five was so tight. Like he was a sick character. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like once, once Guy came out, because again, I didn't have any context for Street Fighter characters or, you know, previous mm -hmm. games or stuff like that. I was like, oh, it's the ninja character that wears Nikes. Like, yeah, that's cool. I'm going to play that guy. Okay. And yeah, he was fine. And then I also love the elbow drop. Elbow drop was sweet. Like, just to be able to, like, I always hated it if I played a character that could get zoned by fireballs to where you'd have to be like, great, dude, I got to like perfectly time my jump. No, you threw the slower fireball and now I land on a <laughs> guy. It's just like, I jump, drop. <laughs> Like, I do this all day. I'm Captain America. Like, I do this all day. Like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but he also had great options for fireballs, too. So I like that because even though he wasn't designed to be a footsie character, I thought he had actually really good footsies. Um, so nice. So I do kind of like oh, – go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, so So that was – so the, the aesthetic, the, the look of Guy is ultimately – or, you know, like the, the move set. Like, I know there's yep. there's characters like, you know, that that's kind of how I stumbled upon Honda originally. It was just like, oh, here's this fat dude that's flying across the screen like a torpedo. <laughs> I was like, it's stupid and it's just whatever. But I thought it was I thought it was fun. So it's just like in terms of Street Fighter 4, like who were you – who were you playing with initially, like your training partners and like how did that, that journey with – with guy from the beginning how did that go for you um so i never really had any like good success with guy from like the standard of like um like tournament success but um i started off just playing with like alex and then just playing online 
And then once I started going to the gatherings, um, I think John, I think you would, I played you once online or something like that. And you just beat the crap out of me. And then like when the first time at Armando's place, when like you showed up, I was like, Oh, it's so <laughs> and like, yeah. So, um, after going to there, cause at the time I lived in Tempe, so Armando was really close. Like I would just go mm, to Armando's house, whenever right? he'd have gatherings. Yep. Yeah, the old yeah. house with the dog that like just terrorized that house. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that dog would have had like a fight to death if I'd lived with that dog for sure. Cause like he just ruined that house. But anyway, um, <laughs> Yeah, like I would play with Armando, uh, Louis. Um, I think at that time, yeah, Dana was like pretty regular. Um, but my kind of approach to how I would do that was kind of how I would approach weightlifting. Because for those of you that don't know, I'm a professional strength coach. So I make people strong and I make them be able to run and, you know, physically do whatever their sport or activity needs them to be able to do. So yeah. in training, when you train, you know, particularly for weightlifting, you want your training partner. Well, one, you want to have a training partner because he's going to push you more than the person, you know, yeah. that you are inside by yourself. Right. Yeah. So if you have a training partner, you want them to be just slightly better than you so that you're constantly forced with that situation of like, Oh, I'm right there. Oh, it's just out of reach, but I can get it, but I can't get it. Right. So that you have that motivation to just push through that barrier because the greater you get in something, right? Like the higher the skill level is, once you get to that point, you're close to the ceiling. So the amount of improvement that you can make is extremely minimal. So at that point, you have to do everything that you can to give yourself a challenge or force yourself to break through barriers. Um, okay. So I tried to play against the best players that I could, um, like in the state. And I remember... Um, you know, when we start off, we just go to locals and then we started going to like Tucson or having Tucson come back. And I remember mm -hmm. the first time I went to Tucson, that was an eye opener too, because I was like, okay, like, you know, we got John, we got Scott, like we got all these, you know, Phoenix players that are really good, but now I've kind of like seen how they play. Like, you know, I'm used to that. And I go to Tucson and I don't think I won like a round. Like I got absolutely waxed and like I walk in to Arcade in the Box, which was awesome. Loved Arcade in the Box. And first person I see is Isaac. And he's like, yo, you that guy player? I'm going to expose you today. Be ready to get exposed. And yeah, <laughs> the hell out of me. Because he's like, I know you mash crowd short. You're going to eat this DP. And I ate like all the DPs because I was mashing, I was mashing crowd short. I had a three-frame crowd short. That was plus two, dog. Yeah, I'm going to mash that button. Are you serious? Like, yeah, it was awesome. That was a that was um, a mic thing. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was. I thought was I abused it. Yeah. It was super strong. When I I thought I abused it when I played uh, Mark Teddy in a first to five. I was like, oh, dog, like I have no shot. Like, like he was good <laughs> on offense, but like defensively, I couldn't get around the crowd chart. I couldn't frame trap him at all. Like he would just mix up his patterns for like when he would mash, and I couldn't I couldn't open him up at all. And they knocked me down, and I died. <laughs> That was that was the big yeah. thing is that guy could go low short and then convert into a knockdown off that which yeah you, the characters you could that could do that in shorts. four were really good yeah three shorts and then you could mm -hmm. also combine yeah. that with teching a throw with the crouch op crouch tech option select in, yeah. in Street Fighter Four so like it was yeah. very potent <laughs> very potent yeah with you mentioning Isaac like you know saying that you are you that guy player so did you did you find that people were like looking to play you because I know John's brought this up in. Uh, I think past episode recently where it's just like, 
you have those kind of like specialty characters, right? Like I got I got the same mm-hmm. thing now, like playing Dalsim. People are like, hey, I need to learn this matchup, right? Like I want to play you versus, you know, playing John and Chun, even though, you know, John's a better player than me. They're like, I play like a million Chuns all the time. I need to play you, right? Right. So did, yeah, you, yeah, did yeah. you have um, that as the guy player? Like were people like seeking you out and say, like, hey, I need to play you because I don't want to get random down. For matchup specific? Something? Yeah. Yes, but at the same time, it was kind of weird because like, there weren't a lot of good guy players and the majority of the good and successful guy players just played like absolutely crazy ham offense. Right. <laughs> and then I didn't play that way. Like I got told all the time by Chris T that he's like, dog, your offense needs to be so much better. Like your footsies are fine, but you're trying to play footsies with a character that has bad footsies. And I was like, no, it doesn't, but he was right. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, uh, I get hit up for like specific matchup stuff just because yeah, like if you run into a random guy player and you lose, you just want to like do terrible things to yourself, right? <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I yeah, I, I would try from that point, especially I think his actually your point, Benny, for the Isaac thing. I don't remember if it was like the first Ranbat that I went to. It was some tournament that we had at Haz's house, and Tucson wasn't there, and I remember I got third because. I beat Armando Seth and then I had to play Nico and Nico absolutely destroyed me. And then I think it was Scott and Nico in grand finals, if I remember right. Mm, okay. um, yeah. And then like, I remember they were like, yo, some rando just shows up and gets third with guy. What? Like he's either like a scrub and they don't know how to fight guy or like maybe he's decent. And it was probably a little bit more than the first. Cause like, you have so many bad habits that you don't realize are bad habits until you play against players that consistently shut you down for making bad choices that you, you know, you're not really allowed to make like common example would be like in four with guy. If I canceled run stop from stand medium punch, that's like minus eight. So like the first oh, thing sure. I would look at in match would be like, are you going to let me do this? Okay. If so, I win for free because now my offense gets to be fake, but it's insane yeah. if you're not going to check me on that. Um, and then, yeah, good players that would know, they'd just be like, no, dog, like, no. <laughs> so yeah, little things like that. Um, I think it's always good because like, like to that point, right? Like when I would go to major tournaments, I would try to save like 200 bucks that I would use just to money match like Japanese players or like people that I knew were like top level players that I'd never get a chance to play. And like, if you, if you're at a tournament like that, maybe it's different these days, you know, like you have guys like Mena that are just like really nice people and will play you legit just because, you know, they respect that you want to get better. But like, I felt like in 2009, 2012, like if you wanted someone to play you serious, like you had to put money on the line because otherwise they just didn't respect you. Like, yeah. Like if I was going to play uh, like Alex Valle and he looks at me and he's like, you're a scrub. Okay. Yeah. You're not going to get the real thing then. Cause I don't need to give you the real thing to beat you. But if I'm like 50 doll hairs, buddy, then he's like, all right, fine. I'll whoop you. I'll whoop your ass for real then. So you can actually like get what you're paid for. And I mean, I respect that, you know, pay to learn. Um, but yeah, I would try to do that. And I talked to my buddies and like Isaac or like, I don't know about you, John, but like people that, you know, would money match who they would be like, yeah, I'm up like a hundred bucks or whatever. And I'd be like, uh, what, what do you mean you're up? Like I'm down like all of my money. And they're like, well, who are you money matching? And I'm like, uh, like Luffy, uh, like 
uh, Ryan Hart, you know, like Justin <laughs> Wong, Tokido. And they're like, why are you playing them, dude? You have no shot. I'm like, yeah, that's the point, dog, is like at a tournament, you're going to encounter people that are way better than you, that you can have an opportunity to play live, not online. So you get yeah. the purest experience and you need to take advantage of that because if you don't, then you're missing out on opportunities to get better. So how do, how do you reconcile that with what, what the point you made earlier about having a training partner that's like just barely above you? So like we have two different kinds of match here. We have the one where like it's a close match, but they're better than you. So you're still going to be forced to improve. But then you have like, right. you know, somebody completely on another level. And like, is there is there like, can you actually learn something from somebody who is that much better than you? Um, and like, what, right. what are the strategies to approach that situation? No, that's a good point. Right. So. First, in order to get better, you have to know what you need to get better at. You need to know what you're looking for in matches in order to be able to like recognize that and then make the adjustment. Right. So, yeah, if you're like an up and coming player, like, you know, I mean, I know it's not like a good metering stick, but like, let's say you're not even like master level in Street Fighter 6. Right. Like you still need to learn like how to play your character how the basics of fighting games work. Like what are the good mechanics in the game? Like you just need to learn the fundamentals because if yeah. you're trying to go beyond something like, all right, like in order to frame trap this button, because your standard frame trap won't work, you need to be at this specific space. So you need to like jab, jab, walk back, wait, and then frame trap little things like that will go right over your head. If you're not even like knowledgeable of what your frame traps are. Right. Right. Um, or when you should be using them, things like that. Um, so yeah, I, th I think if you're starting off and you're down here, then yeah, you need someone that's right here. And then as you get better, you just slowly play better and better people. Right. Um, yeah. but I also think in that system, the other thing that people forget, which is like why I gave men a kudos and why I think particularly the Dominican scene got so good so quickly was that, if you're a really good player, right, you have to live off the Spider-Man principle, right? With great power comes great responsibility. So if you're the best player in the state or in your scene, then you need to be playing all the people in your scene so that you can get them better. That might only be maybe like one matchup, but if you're a truly good player and you can play multiple characters well, like Rock can play multiple characters like at a pretty yeah. high level, right? Then at that point now you can have a greater impact on your scene and you can grow that scene. Um, like when I was living in the Dominican and I got to hang out with Mena a lot, he would tell me like, yeah, dog, like we start off, like we play the characters that we like. And because there's only like six of us, like eventually we all have to learn the whole cast and then they all get good at the whole cast. And now they can play because you made a good point, John, about like, okay, well, you know, maybe your training partners here. Sometimes it's hard to know if it's, the skill level that's actually here, or maybe it's the particular matchup that makes right. it feel like it's here. But yeah. then if you switch characters, like, and let's say you play Ken and I play Ryu and now it's here, then like, you know, it helps if you can play more characters because at that point you become truly more masterful at the game and not just playing one character. Yeah. Um, which I think by the end of my street fighter four career, like, like I played Guy and he was my main. Nothing was going to change that. But like I played Oni, I played Sagat. And oh, that's right. I remember you playing Oni. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because I I realized that too late, I was like, oh man, like I'm going all in in this one really niche character. But like 
like guy didn't have a low forward that was special cancelable. So it's like you're missing out on very specific like skill sets and strategies because you mm. just don't play a character that has those as options, right? Yeah, that's yeah so you're not as well rounded as a player yeah. by by not exercising those muscles, right? Yeah. Right. Because like ultimately what you're doing whenever you play a character is you're like, what tools do I have at my disposal? And then how do I put myself in positions to make those tools be truly advantageous? Right. So like if you play multiple characters, you're going to look at a button and a normal differently than you would if you just play one character. Like if you only played Akuma in Street Fighter four or like boxer, right. Then yeah. you've got one of the best sweeps in the game. And you have good movement speed and then you go to a character like you know i don't know sagat and it's like oh i'm slow and my sweep is pointless like this character's yeah. up right like your <laughs> mindset's different whereas like if you're used to playing with all the tools then when you play a character like rose you're like wait this back medium wait what like it's throw invincible and it's plus yeah you learn to what? appreciate the the like, stuff that other characters can do right yeah, yeah. Right. Or or just like learning how like you might see an application for a tool that a person that doesn't play multiple characters might not see. Like yeah, when I yeah. played Eduardo, um, because Alex played Boxer, right? And mm -hmm. like at the start, like when I was learning Guy, um, because you always have that learning curve, right? When you learn a new character, like Alex just beat me down i could tell when he was playing me he wasn't doing anything complicated you know he could just beat me with the basics because i couldn't play yeah. my character and then as i got better i was like oh okay like i know this matchup yeah it's still not a good match for guy but like it's totally winnable and then i played yeah. eduardo and he was like okay i got one question for you like before the game, before the set even starts like i have one question for you and he's like i was like okay what is it and he's like is your name combo feed and i'm like no he's like then you're not winning <laughs> like and i was like uh okay but you beat combo fiend anyway he's like yeah i know but combo fiend's still combo fiend so he has a chance to beat me just because he's combo fiend but you're not gonna beat me and then he just waxed me but then he went back and he was like hey just so you know like you didn't use your low forward at all in that matchup and i was like well yeah it's just a sweep like i can't really get close to you to use it because your sweep goes like full screen and I can't punish it. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, knock me down. And then on my wake up, do low forward. I have no options that can beat that. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't even know that because it hits twice. So if he does uh, armor, an EX move, yeah. it'll beat okay. the armor. And if he headbutts, low that low forward, right? low profile. Yeah. Game. Yep. So okay, it went right over. Nice. So I was like, dude, why didn't you tell me that, like, during the set? And he's like, are you serious? We're playing for money. I'm not going to tell you that. No, no, that's <laughs> Like I started to be like, okay, all right, yeah, Nico's like, right. You remember <laughs> it more. You remember it more. Be like, like that was like probably ten years ago at this point. So you remember it more because yeah. you lost oh, some, yeah. lost some money on it. Like it actually did. Like the money actually, I think it really does play a big part there. Yeah, um, so hundred percent. Yeah, but then like after I played against Eduardo, and like I saw how he played boxer, like that made me want to try boxer because I was like, yo. The way he plays boxer is sick. Like, I love watching Eduardo's boxer. He might have been my favorite Street Fighter 4 player to watch just because yeah. he was so clean. And every time he won, you knew you're like, oh, bro, get outplayed. Like, he either jab frame trapped you or just footsied you to death, saved up his super, and then like one button punish you're dead. It was just, yeah. I love watching him play. It was so good. Um, plus I think he might've been the first American, like in street fighter four, when like 
it was America and Japan and Japan would just beat us down. Like I'm pretty sure Eduardo was the first player to beat Tokido's Akuma from America in a tournament mm-hmm. because boxer, unless I think it was like until Akuma got super or ultra, I don't remember which one, but like before that boxer had like seven, three and then Akuma and he's going to get his resources, right? Cause he's got low life. So 20 seconds later, then it's Akuma's favor. Yeah, I get it. Cause you could OS the demon and then that would blow up any option that he has. Right. Okay. He had, uh, I, it was, it might've been ultra. Yeah. Because I think it was like, he could either low forward or sweep. Yeah. And option select the, the demon. And then if he did wake up headbutt or wake up EX move, or even I think the rush punches, he could just punish with raw, uh, super on block turn punch too. turn punch. You you would just grab him out of it. I think. Um, Yep. Mm -hmm. See, I I played that game. I remember that game. I don't like that game though. I said it on the show many times. I don't think I don't like Street Fighter Four. I don't know. Well, it it is weird to go back and play that game because the thing that I do notice about Street Fighter Four, and I still I will die on this hill, right? When I played five and six, the thing that gets me mad is even when you play like live, and you guys might not have you know the same experience that I have, but like. If I'm trying, if I'm playing a character that doesn't have a fireball, I'm trying to stay like just outside of low forward range. So I'm like walk, block, walk, block. You can't do that in five and six. You just take the fireball to the face. Where in four, I can walk and block and be like, no, I can stay here all day. But in five, I'd just be like, raw, 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 sweep. And if you're playing Guile, you take the fireball to the face and he sweeps you. And you're like, well, uh, cool, it's man. Because you don't have focus sweet. attack. No, it wasn't that. Like, it was the responsiveness, oh. dude. I could walk and just block. And I would block the fireball, but at five and uh, six, right outside of low forward range, you cannot react and block. Like that was my experience. Okay. Mm. So that particular strategy of being like, okay, I'm going to walk and block at this range until you throw out a low forward, and then I'm going to whip punish you went out the door. So I had to develop different strategies because that wasn't a viable strategy anymore. Gotcha. Okay. At least that, like I said, that was my experience. Maybe I'm just a scrub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think that in, in Street Fighter V, um, there was eight frames of input lag for the vast majority of the time that you were playing the game. So that I walk and block, that, yeah. you could not react uh, realistically. Yeah. Uh, in six, mm-hmm. it, they, it's way better. Um, so it might just be more of a getting used to the timing. I, th- I think that might be more of get used to the timing thing because yeah. like, I haven't devoted myself to six. So you're right. Yeah. yeah. I would say that's probably unfair for me to judge six, but five, no way, dog. You cannot walk and block. That was lame. And then they give Kyle <laughs> the best walk speed in the game, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Mark, to, to our listeners, Mark, never do not Mike see before. it, Mark. Like, <laughs> you can tell he's very passionate oh, nice. about these games. <laughs> well, I mean, like, clearly, they didn't play test the game. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're we're kind of like all over the place. That's cool, but because uh, you mentioned even like Lena and the and the Dominican seed and stuff like that. That's that, that's that's Street Fighter Five era, and like I wanted to I wanted to touch on that a little bit too, uh, in a little bit. But um, yeah, we were talking about Street Fighter Street Fighter Four, and like uh, yeah, you mentioned playing like the top players and stuff like that. And I know John mentioned like tournament accolades and things like that. And I know yeah. where he was where he was going with that. Uh, I know he wanted to talk probably about your your SCR game. It was SCR, right? Against Infiltration? Yeah, SCR 2016. Yeah, against Infiltration, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, probably so- the highlight of my fighting game career in general, and I lost. 
Like, <laughs> like I got shout outs for that and I lost. Well, take, take me, like, take me, take me through that, that tournament in general. Cause like, I, I've never been to SCR. So like, how was the tournament going for you up to that point? Um, so when the pools came out, I look at the pools and I was like, okay, I have, I think it was infiltration in my pool. And then there was a SoCal, um, uh, Fei Long player who actually ended up eliminating me at Evo, I think that same year or the year after, I can't remember his name and it's going to drive me nuts. Cause I don't want to disrespect him like that. He was, he was a solid player. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I had to play Fei Long right off the start and like, I hated that matchup, but I had a ton of Fei Long experience cause I always would play against, uh, Driftwood Nick going. Right. So yeah. I was like, okay, like I'm either going to lose or I'll like play masterfully and barely win. Cause that's the matchup. Um, so I saw, I was like, if I win one match, I get to play infiltration. Like, okay. So like, I have to be ready for that. Cause in my mind, I was like, I played Akuma and I'm pretty sure I can beat Akuma. Like the only thing that I have to do is not get swept. Like if I don't get swept, what's he going to do to me? Yeah, Eventually he's going to demon flip at me. If I can interject briefly here, this is 2015, and the context for Infiltration is that he was basically running the game at that point. He was winning every. He's the best player in the world, yeah, hands like, down. At that point, yeah, outright, yeah. he would he he would he would win tournaments by like just picking random characters, and he wouldn't even play yeah. his main a lot of times, and he would still win. Like like not just like locals, I'm talking about major tournaments. So he was like yeah. unbeatable at that point in time. And to even like further give context on that point, John, at that same SCR. The same night that I played Infiltration, he did that first to seven match with Latif and beat him 7-0, like beyond oh, free. Great. And we were like, what is this dude made of? Like Latif, like as yeah. just a player, might be like the greatest player I've ever seen with my own eyes. Like the way that dude's brain processes stuff is beyond next level. Like he's a genius. Um, and just to watch him be completely befuddled by Infiltration was insane. Like I've never seen yeah. that lopsided of a set between top level players ever. That was just insane to me. So yeah, he was on that level of play. And so I was sitting there and I'm like, okay, like clearly he's the best player in the world and I'm not. So I can't really like think of it like that. I have to be able to beat the character because one, I don't play him enough that I don't know his tendencies Two, He's going to look at me in the bracket and be like, this guy's a scrub. So again, he's not going to play me serious. Right. So right. In my mind, I was like, all I have to do is not let him sweep me and I'll win or have the potential to win. Because at that point, like, if he's just trying to run away from me, like, I'm guy, dog. Like, you're gonna, like, if you try to teleport at the corner, I run slide. Like, I had options, um, you know, basically for Akuma. So when I got to the hotel at SCR, you can ask uh, Jake Ott, because I think he was Uh, rooting with me at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, he was great. Man, I miss that guy. He was awesome. But anyway, so like I sat in my apartment and I just set up my setup and I just practiced multiple different scenarios of where I could bait him to throw out sweep and I would stand strong punish into like EX shoulder into into ultra, right? So I practiced that for like four hours that night. And then in the set, in the first game, I beat him. And to win the first game, I hit him with a shimmy into Stand Strong, into EX Shoulder, into Ultra. <laughs> and Ultra David and, and James Chen on the chat, like, you could tell. They were like, all right, like, we don't know who this guy guy is. Like, he's going to lose. 
blah, blah. Oh, my God, he's up 1-0. And, like, <laughs> and they were like, hold on, timeout, never mind. This guy can play. Like, what's happening? And then the thing that they don't talk about is, like, every round that I won, the following round, legitimately, he perfected me. Like, he just destroyed me. Like, I get swept or I get hit by something random into the vortex perfectly. So, like, he got two perfect rounds on me in that set. <laughs> um, and I ended up taking it to last round uh, against him, and he beat me. So, there was an issue with Guy's EX Tatsu. It was a four-frame startup, but on frame, I believe it was five or six, there was one frame where there was no hitbox because of the spin. And off of Akuma's forward throw, there was a setup that if you did the dive kick at the last possible point on the ascent, he would just go right through it and hit you clean out of the tat. Or I'm sorry, uh, the tattoo would just whiff and he'd land and get a free punish on you. And I Hmm. knew that setup. But when you're playing against the best player in the world and you expect to get, you know, beat four straight rounds and you're in the final (laughs) round, like you're not thinking about that. You're just like, huh, what? How do I not lose? Like, oh my God, like, wow, he's yeah. so good. Like, you know, like I'm basically having like a panic attack up there. And because you don't expect to be there. And then the crowd is like behind you being like, dude, random guy might beat infiltration. Like, you know, <laughs> like that's pretty cool. So yeah, basically he hit me with that setup. I whiffed the EX tattoo and then he punched me into death. And I got messages from like a hundred people. Or like every random guy player being like, bro, you don't know that setup, man. Like everyone knows that. Why did you wake up DX? I'm like, because I didn't do it the whole set. I did the whole set. I didn't wake up DP on him once because I was like, I can't do that. He will kill me and I lose. Like, and then the one time I decided to do it was literally the one time not to do it. So yeah, I lost. But yeah, and then that put me into loser's bracket. And then immediately after that, I played against a guy that literally would just counterpick everyone. Like he, he was like some SoCal local guy. Like I didn't recognize him as a player, but he was just yeah. like, you're the guy player that just almost beat infiltration. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, cool. I'm playing Honda. And I'm just like, dude, are you serious? And I lost. <laughs> so I went one and two at SCR and infiltration won the whole tournament. There you like go. You lost to the guy that won it. it. So. No one, dude, it, it, until he played Hugo one-on-one in grand finals, no one got a match on him. I was the only one that got a match on him on his route through winner's bracket. So, like, that night on the first night after Latif had gotten, like, absolutely mollywalked, right? Like, I'm playing mm-hmm. matches with Latif and um, some of the, the Kuwait guys, and – Latif was just pissed because he had just gotten absolutely obliterated, right? So he's like, I'm going to beat all you guys down so bad. Like, none of you are even getting around. And I was like, are you serious, dog? You couldn't even get around on infiltration. I got a game. I'm about to 7-0 you. And then he, like, his <laughs> face changed. He was pissed, like, beyond pissed. And he's like, I'm not just trying to beat you, Mike. I'm trying to make you, like, beat you so bad that you never play this game again. <laughs> and he beat me 2-1. <laughs> and I was like, see, I told you, dog. I got you. I got a game on you. And he was like, nah, man, I was lucky. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I got a game on infiltration. You couldn't get a game on infiltration. Clearly, you're the scrub, not me. <laughs> and uh, so, obviously, Latif was like one of the best players in the world. So yeah, SN- SNK right. actually posted the the YouTube link to the match. It was 2013. Oh, that's what I was trying to look for. Cool. Yeah, so yeah, I've got a plan on the stream in the background right here, so feel free to 
take a look at that if you're watching the video feed of this podcast episode. You can even see uh, the Tucson scene all freaking out right there. I think I'm back there too, yep. actually. Because yeah, like I remember like like being in that like I said in the little hotel room, and I'm practicing that scenario because I'm like, this is literally how I'm gonna beat him. And Jamie's looking at me like, "Dog, you're crazy." Like I'm gonna go hang out with people like. <laughs> like, I'm literally gonna sit here for the next four hours and practice just this, bro, because I'm about to play infiltration tomorrow. And I landed it on him. So, like, I think that um, you know, if if you have a strategy and you know you need to look for something specific, like you need mm-hmm. to practice not just that one specific situation, but utilizing the same tool for the same purpose in multiple different situations, so that your brain automatically knows, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the- <laughs> yeah, you know, you got like, like in Street Fighter 4, I think I played training mode more than I actually played matches. Like I probably had a billion hours of training mode. Hmm. Yeah, you that's, were definitely a lab memory. monster. You can even tell by like by the way you're reminiscing. It's like a lot of it's based on setups specifically. Um, like 100%. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. actually kind of draw some parallels with your um, your uh, uh, career choice as a, as a strength coach uh, because like it seems like in the game you you put a lot of emphasis on techniques and i imagine yep. as a strength coach technique is you know your bread and butter right yep no it's it's like if you don't have technique you can't progress like i in my career as a strength coach i have to tell people like yo you're not ready for this you have to still be here like you have not learned to wax on wax off yet and you're trying to like <laughs> clean the whole car like no you have yeah. not gotten this until you get this you will do nothing else. And a lot of people don't like that, but I mean, it has parallels in like martial arts or cooking or playing and learning guitar. It's like, if you can't play chords, like you gotta be able to play chords. I mean, maybe that's not a good, you know, a good example, but like you have to master the basics first and they have to be second nature before you can go to the next step. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, that that's true of anything. Like he said, like, I mean, you gotta know, the fundamental kind of things or the the maneuvers the the movements or whatnot yeah. in order to 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 get to that that next level or to you know to level up no 100 percent, yeah because like um to your point about movement like my my level of expertise is human movement right so like when i look at fighting games and like john we kind of had this talk when i was getting into street fighter 6 or when i was trying to pick it up i was like what what are the what things are the strongest things like is it screen position is it movement speed? Like, what do you, what actually is going to give you the best bang for your buck? Because normally when I look at a character, because my career is based on movement, I'm, I value movement speed, like over everything else. Cause I'm like, if mm. I can move and you can't hit me, you can't beat me. Let's, let's unpack that. So you say movement, is it, is it like walk speed? Is it dash speed? Is it like a command run? Like how guy has that or like yeah. what, what, what constitutes mm-hmm. mobility or movement in your mind? So I would start first just at walk speed, particularly walk backwards speed, because mm-hmm. if you have walk backwards speed, you have the ability to get out of certain ranges where other characters don't have that option. They have to just block or they have to jump or they have to take some other type of risk. But if you have walk speed to me, that's everything. Cause like, you know, if you look in sports, right, they constantly say in sports, speed kills because you can't really, I mean, you can train speed, but if you run a four, three forty, like you are going to be a threat no matter what, like, even if yeah. you've got bricks for hands, 
you run a four three, you're faster than everybody else on the field. Like, yeah, that's not something that anyone can like strategize or scheme for. Like, it's just raw skill out beating anything that gets thrown in front of yeah. it. So, like, if you look in like, um, like military experiences, right? Like you had like the foot soldier with a sword and a shield and it's like, sweet, we do hand-to-hand combat. And then they're like, nah, dog, like if you're a better swordsman than me, then your guys win. So I'm going to put my dudes on horses and now my cavalry is just going to wreck all your guys on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Movement. It's movement, right? The movement is what dictates that battle. So then from there, they're like, okay, you have horsemen now. We can't beat you with our foot soldiers because we don't have horses. So we're going to make bows and arrows. So now we can hit you when your horses are all the way over there (laughs) or like to your point, right. Versus dash or walk or like command dash. It's just horizontal control. Like what do you have for that option? Right. Um, So like I like guy because he had really good vertical options with like the super floaty jump that he could stop at any point with elbow drop that had the same landing frames as a regular jump, which was crazy. They fixed that in five and six. Five and six, the elbow drops had way more recovery. Rightfully um, so. <laughs> that shit should be like plus 10 on block. Like block. plus 10 on whiff. No. Like, <laughs> yeah, plus 10 on whiff. Yeah. in the future after you land. <laughs> I mean, if, if Rose can get a command normal that's throw invincible, goes over Lowe's and is plus on block, yes. Yeah. Guy can get. Oh, man, that character is stupid, but um, yeah. So I always looked at movement because again, right? Like if you have the skill with the movement, cause this is a Kuma, if you have the skill and you never get hit, you win. But if you do get yeah. hit, you're a glass cannon. You're going to die in like two hits. Yeah. Um, sure. So I always thought movement was good because, you know, if you're slow and you don't have the option to avoid things, then you either have to block them or find ways to negate the damage. So yeah, I, I always think movement in terms of advantage in my mind. Like, like I said, sports, military, fighting games. Okay, movement. See, like, like you, you, we, we talked a lot about your guy uh, in in Street Fighter Four, and like even when um, going back to the anecdote at the beginning of this uh, of this episode, you know, we were talking about how uh, there was a gathering for when you were visiting the state and uh, for, for the holidays this past week, and. I posted mm-hmm. up and was like, hey, we're going to be at TGZ to welcome Mike, you know, and just, you know, everyone catch up with him. It's been a while since we've all hung out together. And the, a, a, a large amount of people actually asked me, like, who is this guy? And I had to yeah. kind of tell the infiltration <laughs> story. I had to be like, oh, yeah, like this is this is a, a, a guy player that was really well known in our scene. And he almost beat infiltration once. <laughs> and that was kind of the thing. Yeah. So, like, it's it's kind of nice that we're going all the way back to that and kind of rehashing that story too um i i do want yeah. to bring one point up in that i uh in, in an effort to introduce you to more of the the newer blood in our scene i posted mm. up about this image here that's currently on our stream um <laughs> i don't have the stream up so i literally yeah, just the, the three. so that's good because i can explain it to you and ca- catch up to the people that can't okay. see the video uh i explain it to me like a five <laughs> Well, when a man and a woman really love, no. So uh, <laughs> I, I used to run tournaments uh, and then I used to do this thing called the highlight reel afterwards. Um, and the highlight reel mm-hmm. would basically just take the footage from the Rambat tournament the day before. And we would do things like player spotlights and do kind of stuff to like involve the scene a little bit more. And one of those, um, one of those uh, uh, episodes, we actually spotlighted you, Mike. And 
for the folks that have been listening to our show for a while, actually, like the the Spiral series highlight reel was actually like the prototype for the Absolute Guard podcast in a lot of ways because we did player spotlights similar to how we do bios on this podcast. So um, this image that I've got up on the screen was basically like your player card. We didn't even have you on the show. I don't think we didn't even. I didn't. I never actually like. Yeah. <laughs> just, well, I don't think. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember ever being on a show. <laughs> So basically, you owe me royalties for using my image. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. This is this was before the NIL, so no, no, no. There's nothing like that. Oh, yeah, okay, fair. We we hadn't incorporated at that time. I'll <laughs> get the Arch Manny treatment. Okay. Yeah, so I, I just thought it would be kind of a fun little exercise to to look back on this and like like we listed out your hobbies uh, back then. This was in 2000 and. 13 or 2014, one of those time, uh, years, mm-hmm. uh, your hobbies were CrossFit, Texas Hold'em Poker. Yeah, that's right. Personal trainings, uh, personal training, uh, that that clearly stuck. Uh, <laughs> billiards, footsies, and losing to said 3S, AIAB Isaac, and Mr. SNK, effortlessly <laughs> seducing women. It's true. All of those things, especially the last one, very true. I couldn't they- beat Abe in tournament. I couldn't beat Isaac in tournament. <laughs> and I couldn't beat Nico ever like at all unless he was like i'm gonna play ken i'm like thank god but he wouldn't do that in tournament so i, mean, I even tried to play sagat and guile against him in tournament still couldn't beat him because he's like dude i play against the best people to play these characters all the time i'm just like oh, i hate my life, yeah. life. <laughs> well that's that's yeah that's to that point like for you i never so, in my whole career for any fighting game never won a tournament never ever like Never. Even like a, a local yes. one that no one showed up at, or nope. Hey, those count, I got, right? <laughs> I got third probably like thirty-seven times, and I got those second count, maybe right? like four or yeah. five times. But every yeah, time I lost, I ran finals. Fetty, I feel like that was a dig at me. I was like, "Hey, that five-person Mortal Kombat nine tournament that I won in Alaska. That's that a was tournament legit, win. bro. That's a yeah. tournament win. All right, that's a dub, right? I mean, if LeBron's <laughs> ring gets to count in the bubble ring. Yeah, I mean, nine-person tournament counts. Hey, we're not gonna go there. <laughs> but, that one does lot, count. But. Lots of second and all right, third. I agree. It does count placings though from you, Mike? Lots of second and third ones. Yeah, uh, lots of second and third. Because if I get to grand finals. It would be because I'd be on the opposite side of the bracket from Nico and Isaac would like lose to Scott or something and then be like, oh man, I lost. So I'd be like, yes, I don't have to play Isaac and winners. And then I'd get to play Nico <laughs> or Marvin and just <laughs> smacked every time. Yeah. Well, see, huh. so that's okay. So, so that's pretty much like encompassing your, your kind of Street Fighter 4 uh, time. And then when it came to, to Street Fighter 5, like, you mentioned earlier uh, Mena and the the DR scene, and then John yes. has just brought up the personal training thing. So, fill fill everybody in, kind of like why were you in the Dominican Republic in the first place? Oh, okay, that's a good point. So, outside of you know my evenings where I moonlight as Batman, right? I was a personal <laughs> trainer for the first part of my career, which basically, I mean, personal trainers aren't bad, but there's kind of like this stigma between like strength coach and personal trainer, like doctor and nurse. Right. Mm. So like, even now as a strength coach, people will be like, Oh yeah, you're a personal trainer. I'm like, absolutely not. I'm a strength coach. Like, no, I'm not a personal trainer. Um, So I was trying to make that transition (laughs) from, 
<laughs> I was trying to make my transition from personal trainer to strength coach, right? Because strength coach, you work with sports teams, specifically only athletes. So I finally got hired. Uh, I played baseball like all the way up through college. Um, so I wanted to work in baseball and I got hired by the Oakland A's. So I was a strength coach for the Oakland A's specifically for their Latin players, because being from Arizona, I had a decent amount of Spanish experience. So when I went down there, it was fairly easy for me to get, I didn't get fluent, but I, I came pretty close. Like I'd have dreams in Spanish and stuff. Oh, was that <laughs> wild. Yeah. Like if wow. you have a dream in where the dream is occurring in a different language with like your American friends that, you know, don't speak Spanish. It freaks you out. First time that happens. Huh. Cause you like wake up, you want to call your friend be like, did you just learn Spanish? No. Okay. That's what I thought. All right. Like, <laughs> um, so I got to go down there and naturally because for that job, I had a little bit of extra spare time, like before the season would start. Once the season mm -hmm. starts, you're working like 60, 70 hour weeks. Cause you just travel where the team goes. Um, but I, I looked up like, okay, like, you know, it was pretty easy because Mena at the time had just, I'm pretty sure he had recently won his first Capcom cup. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, right menace here so like i hit him up and like he doesn't know me but i'm just like hey dude like you know i'm a player like yeah i i did shoot him the link to the infiltration video because i was like i'm not a complete scrub but i'm still scrub. <laughs> like, at least i got like one moment where i wasn't quite as scrubby right um and he was yeah. like oh yeah dude i remember you yeah sure like come on over and like he just like we sit down and their training area is in like um you know, this small building, basically like what we would consider like the ghetto, right? Like I didn't, I wasn't even sure if it had like electricity running in there and you walk in there and the amount of skill in players that was there was like staggering. Like the, just the people that would show up to their locals. And I mean, they kind of proved it right. Like in that recent team tournament, like they, that group could compete with anyone in the world, like any organized team in the world. Um, but you'd walk in, there'd be people that didn't even have like shoes on. Right. And you're like, man, these guys are like really like driven. Like they are into it. Like, you there, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, I talked to like, you know, this kid, he's like an eight year old kid. And I'd be like, oh yeah. Like, so you like come play often. He's like, I have to walk four and a half miles just to get here. And I was like, damn. <laughs> and then he smacked me at like eight years old on. I was like, wow, okay, cool. But yeah, Meno was really, really good. But he like forced his goodness on literally everyone that came into that area, right? So after he won Capcom Cup, he used that money to create and like basically buy that building so he could have a central hub for his scene and then grow it. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend like the Dominican guys are some of the nicest human beings you will ever meet. Like they're so nice. They have the same mindset of how they break down the games of just how like the Japanese players and the middle Eastern players will like break down the game and be like, okay, like no matter what, under any circumstances, like I will never do these things. Right. But then you look at Mena and like, you almost look just by watching him play. You're like, dude, that guy's just crazy as hell. And then you play him and you're like, Oh no, actually like he can react to stuff. Like he has like photographic memory to where like, he'll remember just based off how you move. Be like, oh, you're yeah. about to do this. And then he'll just raw call it out and do it. And you're like, how did you know? And he's just like, I I know what you're going to do. Like, he, he just, <laughs> he's super smart. Like, that guy's a genius, bro. Like, I think he's only like 23 or 24 now. And he 
is almost fluent in Japanese. He's fluent in English and he's fluent in Spanish. And I think he's trying to learn another language too. And I remember I asked him, I was like, why are you trying to learn Japanese, bro? And he's like, well, obviously like I'm a top level player and I'm going to be going to Japan. But like at that point, he had that rivalry with Tokido and he's like, I want to be able to talk shit to Tokido to his face. In his <laughs> and I was like, yo, yeah. yo, that's yeah. a man right there. Yes. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. Like that was tight. So yeah, that, um, that, that reminds me of like the, the Kobe Bryant thing. He, uh, he learned, um, what was the language? I forgot who he was, who he was talking trash Italian. to. Was was it, no, he knew Italian. There was somebody else that he wanted. Oh, he yeah, learned their language. Italy, yeah. Yeah, he learned he learned this other player's language just to talk trash oh, to during the game. Was it Dirk? German? No, it wasn't German. It was some other guy. Man, now I'm gonna now it's gonna bug me. There's only so many languages in the world, Benny. Like I'm just yeah, trying to give you an out no, here. But it was basically the same thing. It was like he wa- he wanted to get in that guy's head mentally, right? So it's just like mm-hmm. he 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 learned the language from somebody else and how to talk trash in it so he can get in his head, you know, while while they're playing. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because like. Not only that, too, but, like, to be the person that receives that, you know right off the bat, like, that dude just had to drop, like, 100 hours at least to learn how to say that just so that he could make me feel this way. Like, damn. That's deep. Like, that's dedication. It's Um, respect. Yeah, I absolutely – it is, yeah, because at that point, you're like, my opponent is truly worthy of all of my time. Like, yeah, I must find a way to beat him. He learned French to talk trash to Tony Parker. That's what it was. That's one of the ones. Oh, That's well, the one good, dude. Because like I hated the Spurs growing up. I still, <laughs> I'm so glad they're the worst team in the NBA. Like, let's see, like, see that, that's not, that's like next level stuff. But like, like John said, like that's a respect thing too, right? Like, if I if I can't conversate with this person, it's like, you know, I'm just I'm playing them at the surface level, and like, you know, at that point they could beat me. But if I can get into their head some other way, you know, your mother's this or blah blah blah, and like, what? How do you even yeah. know how to say that? Like, oh, oh yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> yeah, like because when I would play in the Dominican, we'd be playing five. Right. And like, at that point I hadn't played, like, I think I played what season one and season two, like competitively seriously. And then after that, I just kind of like played just to kind of like have fun with friends and stuff. But yeah, um, that's me too. Get back over there and I play and having to like have conversations, like, is that plus, or like, what do I do after you press that button in a different language? Like, Mm. yeah, that's, 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 that's hard, man. Like, that's that's definitely hard um but their scene is super strong they're super nice and they teach each other a lot like they'll sit there and just be like like i remember dra because i forgot dra was like a player right uh he was he was a good vega player and um he noticed like one of the other players like wasn't doing something i forget what it was um but he wasn't taking advantage of a matchup specific thing and he's like all right you and i go over here and they just sat there and they ran that and they ran that and they ran that for like an hour and a half until the dude was got it and he's like okay sweet now go back like you know they they really try to build their players which is awesome um and like i said if you go down there and you visit them like like they'll take you in, they'll be super happy and grateful that you're there. Like, you know, they'll set you up and be like, sweet, like sit here and we'll just like run the, the table through you. Right. So yeah, you can gauntlet, just get practice. <laughs> yeah. Cause like I, if you do that, I think one, it's awesome because the new visitor like feels valued, right. Like yeah. you know, yeah. being in a foreign place, but then your players from your scene get that experience from him. Mm-hmm. So everybody wins. You know, it's kind of funny, and 
funny coincidence is that last night, Jess and I just figured out our, our plans for a honeymoon. Um, yeah. we're, we're, we wanted to go to some kind of tropical place, uh, preferably when it's unbearably hot here so we can cool off to somewhere else. <laughs> uh, and we picked the Dominican Republic. So oh, uh, nice. I, I don't I have no idea if like I'm actually going to go like play fighting games on my honeymoon. That doesn't seem like it's going to that seems like a low probability, but I do hey. like I do know Mena like he, he was very kind to me and said like if, if they ever if I'm ever in the area, like there's a couple Chun players there that want to want to pick my brain, too. So yeah. we'll uh, see. Yeah, like it's, it's funny you bring that up. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Benny. It's funny you bring that up because, you know, you talk about the honeymoon and playing and like what's playing in the background right now is the qualifier that I won. And I did that on my anniversary, on my wedding anniversary. So, I mean, you know, just of all people would understand. Right. I mean, I know that there's some wives or girlfriends or whatever. They'd be like, what? This is our time, blah, blah, blah. But I'm I'm sure you could probably take a couple hours and be like, hey, I want to go hang out with these guys for a bit. And it wouldn't be a big deal. We did do that in the Hawaii trip, and she was cool with it. But we'll see. Honeymoon is like a once in a lifetime deal, so I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so it yeah, sounds I like mean, it was a very fruitful great. experience to 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 live in the DR, practice with the some of the best of the best, uh, and then uh, eventually you leave the DR, right, and you go, you come back to the continental US. Yep. Yep. So now I'm I'm living up in Washington, Washington State. Um, Cause now I'm a strength coach for the army, no longer working in baseball. So I work for the, for the military, um, or I should say contracted through a contract company for the military. But, uh, gotcha. yeah, I work with soldiers all day. Uh, oh, so we could consider really you fun. a defense contractor then. Like <laughs> I mean, technically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically. Yeah. Cause the, the, the people that we have the contract with is the department of defense. So yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yep. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, now I'm up here. I haven't, I haven't tried to, I've been up here two years, but, uh, one year that I was doing my master's for grad school. So like mm -hmm. when I did that, I really just wanted to focus on that. Yeah. Um, I haven't really dived into their scene a lot, um, to really like, you know, see like, like who their good players are, where they gather stuff like that, just cause. I don't know, man. Like at this point in my life, like I'm very much like, I can't kind of like halfway go all in, like I'll dip my toe in and be like, okay, how do I like this? And if I really like it, then like I'm in trouble. Cause my two options are like, okay, I can either play it like competitively and like serious and make that like my main game or I don't touch it because if I try to play it like in the middle, like I have friends like you guys who are good players. And if I don't practice and actually get quality practice and learn matchups and learn situations, you guys are going to wipe me. And then the competitive mindset in my brain is going to be like, yeah. <laughs> you know what you must do training mode yeah. for a month. And I'm like, no dude, I don't want to do that. Like yeah. I don't want to go in that cave. But that's what you got to do. Yeah. So yeah, I, totally... See, I, brought up, I brought up Abe earlier. Right. And he was the same way. Like, you know, he's doing, um, uh, radiology techno technician i think is what he's doing and like he's yeah. the same way he's like i don't i don't want to play six because the competitor that's in him is gonna want to be great right and he can't oh yeah. you know can't commit to doing that so like i respect you know i respect the decision like you know if you, if you don't play or, and like you want to be at a certain level like you know i know i know that's definitely in in a lot of people when it comes to like learning learning these games 
Mm-hmm. No, I, I will I remember, say though, uh, after after uh, Benny and Mike had their had their sets at TGZ, Mike had had the similar face that he had earlier just now. Where he was like, <laughs> I will learn this game and I will destroy anything and everything related to Benny and everything he loves dear. Was that a good Mike impression? Pretty much. That was good Mike yeah, no, that was, that was that was on point, dude. Because yeah, like you have to like if you have a severe problem, like you know. Capcom just forgets to not make jump heavy kit broken, right? You have to find a solution for that. Otherwise, it's literally like you don't play against Dawson and you don't have that option. Because Benny, you're right. You know, like people will run away from matchups because they're like, oh, this matchup's whack. Your character's dumb. And it's like, yeah, but your character's in the game. So eventually, in a tournament, you're going to run into someone that's a good player with that character and you're going to get wrecked because you don't want to do your homework. Um, yeah. Or if it's like Guy versus Honda, then don't even bother because you're going to lose regardless. Like, it's not <laughs> No, it's not. It was not winnable. Um, <laughs> okay. Facts. So, what but, what is your current interest in six? Since I talked to you two weeks ago, and you said you were gonna go, you were gonna go harder on it. But like now that you yeah, had some time so to cool off, how are you feeling about it? So for right now, where I'm at in life, right, I'm trying to find because, like I said, I'm a government contractor, so I'm actually trying to get a job with the government, um, specifically mm-hmm. back in Arizona, and those jobs are extremely sparse and extremely competitive. But now that I qualify for them, basically all I have to do is just wait for the job posting and then like have the most like miraculous like interview of all time, right? So I can get that. And then go back to Arizona, like I'll be able to pretty much do whatever I want with my free time because that job I'll be able to hold on to for 20 years, not have to worry about paycheck or like, you know, finances and then retire. But up until then, like I just finished my master's. So I got to start paying that off. Like rent's going up. Seattle, just the Seattle area is so expensive. It's insane. It's actually yeah. Seattle proper is more expensive now than uh, San Diego. And, oh jeez, I didn't really? know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I yeah. Know that. I mean, it's it's not more than San Francisco, but it's more than San Diego. Um, so yeah, like I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, like now I legitimately have to get a second job. So if I have to work two jobs and I have to make sure that I do cardio and lift weights every day, like for my job, right? Like, yeah, yeah. it's a lot, man. Because again, right? Like if we're talking about like competitive street fighter player, like you're trying to be able to compete with the best in the world, like bare minimum top 100 at Evo, right? Like you got to put in the time, like you have to get reps and reps and reps and reps, not just against characters, but like how different players will play characters. Cause like, it's like, we always talk about in five, right? Like you play five and you play against Ryu and you're like, okay, Ryu players are like fundamental. They want to play a certain way. It's like, no jump, like kick, jump, like kick, jump, like kick, jump, like kick, like it's Blanca. <laughs> like, and you're just like, no, man, like, you know, there's certain play styles that you encounter it. And if you have never seen that, you just like shut down. You're like, what is happening? Like, what, what is this person doing? Right. So like, right. Yeah. you have to expose yourself to as many reps as you can when you play games like that, because like, let's just say there's like five variations of play styles with one character. I mean, how many characters are there? 18, 17. I don't know how many are in six. In six? Like, yeah. Around 18, I think. Great. Street Fighter 4, though, had like 32. So it's like that's 150 different variations that you have to like be prepared for. Like you have to put in the time just like anything else. Like if you're a pro baseball player, you're going to put in like eight hours a day minimum on baseball. Same thing. You watch like all the best players. Yep. Eight hours, dog. Like, you know, maybe not eight hours, but you know what I'm saying? Like 
you have to put in a significant amount of time. Okay. Yeah. If you were, if you were to pick up six, like what would be your approach to, uh, getting better at it? Like how, how would you start to learn six? So what I would do for six, right. Is, um, my immediate friends like you and Benny, right. I think at the moment you guys are too far advanced for where I'm at to where I, same with Jeff. Like when I play against Jeff, I'm like, dude, like, gosh, he just smokes me. And it's like, I don't know what the answer is. So I need to play a little bit more online, just get used to like what everyone does, like when I can abuse drive, right. You know, just learning when the mechanics are good, when they're bad, getting used to reacting to drive impacts, like just the basics. And then just seeing reps of like characters like Manon, right. Cause like I play online and I'd see like one Manon every like week, but then I just get destroyed by her. Cause I didn't have any idea what I was looking for. Um, so yeah, you know, I'd, I'd probably do that. Yeah. spend some significant time in ranked. Um, and then I would then try to be like, okay, like if my mindset now is dialed in, I've got more experience with the game. Now I'll try to play more with you guys so that I'm ready to be like, okay, I'm going to get my ass kicked, but now I know what I'm looking for and I can like get better. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, like there'd be sets when I play against, um, uh, uh, 801 Strider, Gustavo, bro. Like, I played against Gustavo, and he beat me, like, 151 to 1. Like, bad. But, like, after I played him, my footsies would dominate anyone, like, after that. Like, his footsies, footsies were so yeah, good. He's got good footsies. Oh, man. Dude, Gustavo's footsies are, like, the sickest thing ever. And he lifts you're weight, like, so. You're like, how did how does Abel's step kick teach him that? <laughs> right? Yeah. But like, like, he played Abel, but then, like, I mean, he played. When he played Makoto, WoW yeah. at, yeah. at SCR, like he played WoW with Evil Ryu and he won a game. And I was like, yo, is Evil Ryu's beating WoW? Because I money match WoW too. And I couldn't even come this close to his character. Like mm-hmm. his footsies were dumb. But um, yeah, I think that's kind of like the thing, right? Is like if you're an up and coming player and you hear like you lost 156 to one, why would I do that? Because anyone that's not at that level, Right after you play that for that amount of time, you're going to destroy everyone. Like you're going to immediately because it forces your brain to process at a higher level. When you go back down, you're going to be like, no, like you're done. <laughs> That's easy. Right. And then yeah. people you normally play with are like, are you on drugs? Like, what's going on right now? Like, <laughs> so you should have those experiences, but you just have to make sure that your brain is ready for that because like, if yeah, your you brain isn't ready to learn and you go in with that mindset of like, I'm trying to beat Gustavo and like win the number of sets, you're not going to have a good time and you're not going to learn. Yeah. Anything. You're yeah, just going to get salty the whole time and your ego is going to get super, super, super butthurt. Yeah. Um, so that would be my suggestion would be like finding situations where you're trying to win and situations where you're trying to learn. Right. Um, So for me to get back into it, I would have to start with like just learning. And then once I have, you know, basically like confidence in my skill set and my ability to adapt, then I'll try to win. Gotcha. Or play against people that are, you know, good with the intent to win. Yeah, that's actually. I'm pretty sure if I played either of you in a first to 10 right now, I'd lose like 10-0, maybe 10-1 if I got lucky. John was eating tacos and was like, hold on, I'm eating my tacos. I I was going to say. That's actually kind of similar to to how I've been playing uh, a lot because, like, me and John don't play frequently. 
Like, we'll oh, play, I knew this I shit know, was coming up this episode. Once, once, I every, <laughs> once, once every couple <laughs> weeks, right? And then, like, <laughs> call outs. But I'll, I'll play. The, I'll play in the hub. I'll play ranked and stuff. And like, though, that's this. That's the time that I'm trying to win, right? Like, I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to implement things in my game, and then to kind of test myself. Then I'll be like, you know, you know, John just happened to ask me to play. You know, the other day. Yep. <laughs> and yep. like, yeah. And overall, it was twenty to five. Like him, obviously. Mm-hmm. It was like, I think our sets went. Uh, was it five zero, five two? Obviously, dog. You have jump heavy kick. Don't Five, not, not against Chun Li. He's got standing roundhouse. <laughs> but uh anyway, it was <laughs> like a button that beats that button. Oh, it, it was uh right. it was five oh five two five oh five three. And it's just like again, like you know, that's that's the same kind of thing. Like I was, you know, that's the, the the learning part for me, like right. I'm I'm figuring I'm still figuring shit out. And honestly, that's the best I've done in a 20 game set or first to 20, I guess, if you really want to call it that, against John. Like, you know. Four, four or five months ago, it was like, oh, 20. And I'm just like, man, he's just warming up playing me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd actually like lost a game to you until like a couple months into the game. And then now, like, like there was a point where like you were going to win one of those first to five sets, if I recall correctly. Like it was, it was like you were up like three one against me. Um, And I, I remember that that exchange, too, because it was like I it was at, related to you, Mike, because I was thinking about float heavy kick and I'm like, yep. okay, this is what I told Mike to do. And it clearly didn't work. So how would I, how would I do it? And then I watched the uh, better buttons though. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And I, I watched some Moke footage and I was like, Moke just walks up and hit Stan roundhouse against him and it just works. And I did it to Benny and it worked a couple of times. Um, yeah. And then yeah. what ended up happening though is Benny, you adapted to it and you, you figured out, like I showed him a new tool because I, I even outright said it at the beginning where I'm like, hey, I want to practice this in our matchup here. And then yeah. he in turn was like really on point with trying to figure out a way to deal with it. And he did. And then that created this like back and forth that we got where it was 5-0, but then 5-3 and then 5-0 and then 5-4 or 5-2. I don't remember what. 5-3, uh, yeah. 5-3. Yeah. And so like um, it was just it, that was an instance where I thought we had like a it was a play to learn moment. Um yeah, but at the same time, like putting that that first to five cap on it, or the first to twenty cap on it, still kind of inspires that competitive drive. Uh, so it creates a yeah. more accurate simulation, I think. Um, yeah. What, yeah. One no, other I, question. I, I, uh, one other question I had to you, Mike, was, um, you know, we, we're talking hypotheticals. If you had started six, like if you're going to start learning six, is there anything that you mm-hmm. would do now that you didn't do back then in four? Whether it was due to lack of technology or due to like lack of uh, experience like is there any is, is there anything you would do now that's different than back then yes 100 percent um oh that's a good i one. did this kind of later or maybe i kind of accidentally did it in four because i picked akuma but i wasn't going with this mindset and i wasn't actually like applying this but if i try to get into six seriously i'm playing ken and i'm gonna learn ken really well and then i'm gonna mm-hmm. go back to learning the other things because one he's a show right i feel like if you have that ability to play a Shoto really well, then it shows that you have a decent understanding of the fundamentals of the game. Right. Um, but then also Ken's the best character in the game too. So that <laughs> will set me up to where maybe I play with Ken and I'm like, you know what? You don't Fuck ever have to really. leave. I'm just going to play Ken. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't have to leave. Right. Like he's Ken. Yeah. Um, so that's probably what I do just to kind of get um, one I mean, Abe's right, dude, like play a top tier, right? Or at least have a top tier 
in your belt just in case you need it. Um, yeah. I probably learned Ken just because like Kimberly, same thing as guys. She doesn't really have like a really good, um, well, I mean, you could drive rush low forward, but you can't low forward drive rush cancel um, or mm. get anything really good going off of like a special cancel from a low. So yeah. unless I'm, unless I'm really that bad and I just don't know, but um, yeah. So I probably learned Ken just because like in the limited experience I have against playing Ken, like, any button anywhere on the screen works. So just get used to like, <laughs> no. being used to like, Oh, I'm in this situation. I press this button. Wow. It worked. I feel good. Success. Like get that feeling and then try to apply it to other characters. Cause like yeah. um, in four and in five, um, like I tried to play like different characters cause different characters were fun. Like, you know, I played Nikali because same thing. Like when I played five, actually, okay, I just I'm a hypocrite. I played Nikali because he is a Shoto. I was like, he's a Shoto with a command. Ah, like, that's why you picked him. Okay, that makes yep. more sense. Because well, I yeah. I looked at him and I'm like, he does hella damage and he's a Shoto with a command throw. <laughs> yeah. But then his V trigger, he's just super saiyan and he doesn't lose it. Like yes, like hell yeah. And he yeah. had he had the same thing as guy. He had stand strong with punish all day. Um, yeah. especially like when you're in V trigger, you don't have to do the charge. So it's just like you're in the corner. Yeah. Like, so I, I like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably what I do is probably like get comfortable with the Shoto and then move from there. But like when I, when I played six and I tried like all the characters trials, like the only character that I liked was Kimberly. Like I didn't like the way any other character felt. And I don't think mm. I've ever had that in a fighting game yet. Like, Really? Where I was like, man, like, yeah, like I wanted to play like Marisa because I look at Marisa and I'm like, I think Marisa is just a busted character. And then I try to play Marisa and I'm like, mm -mm, nope, just feels yeah. wrong. Everything yep, about man. it just feels wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah you don't think mobility. Oh, so, yeah. You think of Marisa, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I mean, no, yeah, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. Ken does have I mean, a run, all, though. Like, Ken does have a run. And I mean, he doesn't have to move because all of his buttons are full screen and lead to you're in the corner into yeah. death, right? That's so, Ken Pierce, man. Like, uh, I don't, you know, it's like a hitboxes, man. <laughs> yeah, Sam Pierce is dumb. Like, um, but yeah, like, so that that's probably what I would do. Um, to your point, after you told me when I was back at TGZ, you were like, jury's super easy. I'm like, eh, okay, then I maybe might learn jury because I like super easy. <laughs> she's so fun dude she's really she's straightforward and she's fun there's just there's like an initial like hey all my punches do kicks like you have to kind of get get over that once you get over that then it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah because like that that was literally like we talked about that i think maybe in like season two of street fighter five because you're like dude nikali is such a like he's a brain dead character like he's easy i'm like yeah i know that's why it's awesome because like <laughs> i'm gonna do like ground pound and you're going to want to jump at me and then I'm going to whiff throw. You're going to jump. I'm going to uppercut you. And then I might be able to command throw you. Like that's yeah. awesome. Like it's just very <laughs> simple, very basic, like low forward stomp. Sweet. You didn't press a button, low forward into the heavy stomp. Sweet. Like, you know, like it, it was super basic, but like I enjoyed that. Cause I'm like, now I know what I'm looking for. Like pretty much all the time, kind of like how you talk about characters where it's like, they're going to play their game no matter what. No matter who they fight against, like this is their game style. That was kind of like Nikali. It's like, yeah, like I can sand roundhouse crush you, but like ultimately I'm just trying to knock you down and then be like, am I gonna command throw you or not, bro? I don't know. Yeah. 
Like, <laughs> I, I think it's really worth noting that like it's a pattern I've seen for a lot of uh, players that are like they're playing their second or third Street Fighter game. Like a lot of people just want to they all they tend to rather when you and I first started playing fighting games. Uh, and uh, Benny, I'll get to you in a sec because I think you're actually the inverse in a lot of ways here. But we started out playing really complex technical characters, and then over time, I think you and I have kind of shifted more towards simple characters. Uh, I would even call Sean <laughs> simple, realistically. Um, and I think that, like, I, I had the same mindset when I w was going into six. I'm like, I think I ought to learn a Shoto, or I need to learn a Fireball DP game, fundamentally. Um, and then Chun just happens to do that too. Uh, Benny, you're on the opposite end, where like you started really simple, and then now you graduated to extremely complicated and complex play, uh, <laughs> to the point where it's eclipsed. I think it eclipses whatever Mike and I learned in fourth. <laughs> uh, like I mean, definitely what I learned. You had super jump cancels. Like you actually had stuff that was legitimately hard. Like guys' inputs yeah. were not hard. Like in my opinion, I think that's I think that's one of the trials I still haven't done in four. <laughs> what guys? No, 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 no. Ibuki. One of the, Ibuki the super, super jump, jump cancels. Oh. Well, yeah. shit. Never mind. I'm the best. <laughs> well, I mean, like, because I tried to play Ibuki and Crimson Viper because I thought they were sweet. And I was like, I lack the skill to play these characters. I can't do it. Like, yeah. I yeah, I mean, have yeah, sometimes you just have that. Like, like, you were talking about, like, getting that feeling for the characters in six. And, like, you know, like when, uh, when Monat came out in, in five or when she was going to be released, I was like, she looks fucking awesome. I went and tried to do some trials for her, and I was just like, this yep. character is way too complicated for me. Like, I can't do all this, hold these buttons and release this at this time. I'm just like, nah, bro. Like, I gave up, like, within a week. And I was just like, this isn't for me. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I agree, Benny, because, um, oh, man. Who is it? The the character in five that had the orbs. Yeah, you throw it out and leave it Yeah, there. that's Monat. Yeah, that's Manon. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, sorry, I thought you said Manon, not Menon. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no, like no. when, like when Ryan learned her, I was like, dude, your brain is so much smarter than my brain. Oh my god, like, yeah, yeah. no way, right? Like, especially with the the whole like super and the sequence. No, man, my brain can't handle yeah. that. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't no do way. all that stuff, man. That's that's way too. That's beyond me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a that's a big yeah, point though. Be. Is that as we've gotten older, we've kind of learned uh, learned our limitations a little bit more. We've learned like how we learn. Like how you've actually taken some time to figure out what you look for in a character. You you would look back and be like, oh, if I because I, I was I was the same in four. If I could go back in time, I would not play uh, Ibuki or Viper. I would play a Shoto or even somebody like mm -hmm. Shun, even though she sucked ass in that game. Um, well, for most of it, I yeah, think. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, she, yeah, I, I, yeah. Outside of Super, yeah, she was really good at Super, but like the top yeah. four in Super were all charge characters. So yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I I, th I think being able to have those fundamentals is good because again, like if you're a grumpy old man and you're like, "Oh, fundamentals will do me good," okay, sweet, we're good. Like, yeah. don't need to get sexier than that. If I have fundamentals and they work, it's yeah. also a function of time. When you're a grumpy old man, you have less time because you got to, yeah. you know, you yeah, that, no, it's true. Bet on time and get that senior citizens discount. Because <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember I wasn't I wasn't good at Street Fighter Cross Tekken, but I remember when I started playing that game and trying to learn it, I was like, okay, like I didn't play Marvel, like I didn't play Persona or like King of Fighters. So like, am I just a one trick pony? Can I only play Street Fighter 4? So like yeah. trying to learn Cross Tekken and I like Jin, but at the time I was like, dude, I can't play Jin. Like this shit is crazy. What? Like, 
I'm gonna have to yeah. practice the little like forward dash thing like a bazillion times. Special but like, step. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, special step. Yeah. But he was so cool that I was like, all right, yeah, like I'll I'll learn it. And then I did learn how to play him. And again, I wasn't like good at the game, but I remember that being like a mental satisfaction thing to where I was like, I didn't think I could play this character, and I was able to yeah. figure it out. And the yeah. people that actually play cross second are probably like, you're an idiot. Jin's really easy to play, but yeah, it was not for yeah. me. That's me and me and the Sin journey. Like I, you know, I, I didn't really question whether or not I could play him. It was just more like, you know, one. I, I knew I was it was going to be a learning curve, you know, especially from you know where I was coming from, and you know, it, now it's like this is who I want to play. It's not a matter of like I think he's good or anything like that. It's just like that's who I want to play. But um, I, yeah, I genuinely but, thought you would drop Sim in six and you would go for an easier character. I genuinely thought that. I was so surprised <laughs> I stuck with him because <laughs> he's not even he's not even broken in this game. He's pretty pretty run of the mill right now. I think yeah. or like mid tier or so. Yeah, I saw a tweet. I think it was from Brutus. <laughs> Brutus that so was talking sorry, about. Uh, I just saw your face. Yeah, it's oh good, dude. Just salt the wounds, bro. Yeah, like, it must uh, be nice jump, to have a stand roundhouse. <laughs> jump, jump heavy kick is notwithstanding. Sim has been mid tier right now. You gotta knock him down first, and then he sucks. <laughs> no, 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 I think no. I saw. I think it was from Brutus. He was talking about in terms of like power levels in six. He thinks Sim is kind of like right where he thinks characters can, should kind of be. Something along yeah. those lines, and yeah, I'd have I'd, I'd say I have to agree. Like I don't think he's super overpowered. He's got stuff, but like at the same time, he's not he's not Ken or Luke and JP level kind of stuff. But uh, okay, it's like Sim and Grapplers. Like if those guys are too good, it ruins the game. Like it actually yeah, yeah. actively ruins the game. Or Guile. It, it it makes I, will, I, I like Guile in there too. Yeah, I could <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, got, there's he's a bad. little bit of yeah. Okay. Yeah, like a zoner that's really, really strong, like that, it it will marginalize a good majority of the cast and then degenerate the game, and that's just not yeah, like so. They got to be very yeah. careful with those kinds of archetypes. Yeah, so I was 100%. gonna say, um, Go I was gonna say we started this this show with John eating dinner. I've got dinner basically on the way here, but I know John typically has has a question right. he likes to ask everybody on the show before we kind of close things out. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, everyone's got a different answer to this, and so there's no wrong answers. Uh, and we've even kind of t- touched on it briefly during this episode. But to yeah. you, what is footsies? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. What is footsies? Right. So to me, and again, how much time you got? You messed up. You shouldn't <laughs> ask me this. Is the last question, right? <laughs> footsies is a life philosophy, right? Because like, oh, when you play footsies. <laughs> People think it's just like, like Scott said, right? It's a dance back and forth and anything that like negates the dance, like is not footsies. He's not wrong with that. But to me, footsies is your personal expression of how you like to play your character. So like when I play footsies, like, and I can only do this when I'm like in shape and very confident in my skills, right? If I play against someone that I've never played before, or if it's a matchup that I don't know, then that first round, I'm just trying to get information from you. Like I will walk and block all day just because I want to know like, what are your tendencies? And the only way to know that and get you to show me that is if I would just walk at you and be like, what are you going to do, bro? At what point do you freak out and be like, no, I have to press this button. And then what button are you going to press? Then once I know that and you start telling me things, now I know how to dissect you and I know how to approach you. But so to me, footsies is like, that is your personal expression of how you move the character and then based on how you choose to move that's how i'm going to choose to try to counter you 
Uh, wow. Okay. So it's like an identity thing. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, obviously footsies can look different in different games. Right. And you're always, yeah. if the game does have footsies, you might have that like, okay, like I whiff low forward, you sweep, I throw out low short to make you think it's low forward. And then I whiff punish or whiff punish. Right. Like sure. that type of thing I think will always exist, but like, I remember juice box broke it down for me once. He's like, you have offensive footsies and you have defensive footsies. Like offensive footsies is being able to make people press the button that you want them to press when you want them to press it. And then defensive footsies is the ability to take away their ability to press that button when they want to press it. And I, when he said that, I was like, <laughs> like, damn, he's right. Yeah. Cause like, you know, if you have really good defense, and you know how to stop someone's offense or you have that ability like, wow, where I'm like, I can't even like this part of the screen doesn't exist. I can't even get close to you. Right. Like, yeah. then that's it. That's the game. Game's over. You lose. Um, yeah. Or conversely, if your offense like Gustavo, right? Like I, I played against Gustavo twice in six and he literally just walked forward at me and there was nothing I do. And he's like, here we go. And you're in the corner and that's it. And you're dead. Round over. Like, if you have that ability to be like, I know what you're going to press or I have an idea of what you're going to press and I'm going to make you press it, then you're basically controlling the other player. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So that's why, I'm like, sure I think, neutral. like, players – Yeah, like, Alex Alex Valle would always get called out for being random, right? But it's like, if he knows – he plays Ryu, right? Like, you know he's gonna what he's going to do. He's going to do a little forward, right? So like if he's <laughs> yeah. going to be random, like he has to do that because he knows that that other person is trying to set him up to do the thing that he wants to do so they can punish him for it. So if he's yeah. random, he's basically going against that and beating it. But if, again, if you don't realize that, then you look at him and you're like, dude, it's random. What? Like, yeah. Sometimes you have to have controlled random. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I, I see people talk about footsies in terms of buttons and stuff, but it's almost like you're talking about walking as well, like walking patterns. Mm -hmm. So you can you could even yeah. manipulate the space in front of you without actually hitting any buttons. Um, no, it's yeah, it's true because people. like 100 yeah. percent. Yeah, because like yeah. if you don't know what they're going to do, right. Make them show you just walk at them and they will tell you like where they're insecure and what they're going to do to stop that. Yeah. Like I mean, you can, or you, I mean, you can walk and block if you want, but like, um, like if you have the ability to do that too, or you're like, I'm not afraid to walk at you, then they have to press buttons to stop you. Otherwise you just get to walk in and get free pressure. Right. So like, yeah. I think that Latif told me one time, he was like, here's how, you know, the best players from the not best players, the best players go forward. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Cause they just, go, that's it. Offense win. Goodbye. Like, or ability to take that space away from you. And now I remove myself from that crappy situation that I would have been in if I hadn't taken that space. Yeah. Like there'd be times, and I know I'm sorry, I'm getting to, into this rabbit hole with it, but like Street Fighter 4, right? Like it was a really common thing to like backdash in the corner, right? So you can get the iframes and then like make them whiff or whatever and then throw. Yeah. I would dash forward at people and be like, dog, you're going to walk back and I'm going to do something. I'm going to dash right up in your shit and throw you on my wake up. And like, if someone does that to you, you're like, wow, <laughs> he's swimming in my dome right now. Like he is, he knows exactly what I'm going to do. Right. So I yeah. think little things like that, and obviously you have to do them sparingly because otherwise then they're just bad decisions. But yeah. like, if you show that you have the ability to do that sometimes and the other players can be like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, all right. 
noted. Like this guy has the willingness to be like, no, like I'm going to do this. Yeah. Cool. You just have to determine how stubborn they are with that. If you play you, people uh... that you know they're going to jump and that's literally like, that's their thing is like, if I don't jump, I can't win. Then you're literally the whole time just being like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make, there it is. Boom. Like, yeah. yeah, I never had a plan ever to walk at you. I'm yeah. just gonna sit here until you jump at me, and I'm literally gonna beat you by just having you kill yourself. As yeah. a Dawson player, I know you appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. Like that's that 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 little walk, you know. Like I throw normals out at first, and I'm just like, okay, he likes to jump. All right, now let me walk forward just a bit. It's like, all right, anti air, anti air. Like, nah, let me shut all that down. Yeah, I think because I mean, it's a whole it's, episode of talking about footsies with you, Mike. Because I, I, we, I hope yeah, you come we back actually, like said, so that way we could, we could cut, like, you could go get right into that next time. That'd be a yeah. blast, actually. Because I, got, I got a whole like list of things that I'm trying to improve in my ground game. I'd love to run by you. So, um, yeah, because like I said, I can't really do it anymore. But yeah, footsie I can coach, coach it. Not, <laughs> a not a strength coach. He's a footsies coach. Footsies coach. And, there you go. You know, it, you can apply footsies if you have it of that mindset of like. Show me what it is that I have to be worried about. And then you force someone to show you their hand. Like you can use that in strategy in life for everything. Like, he's like not a I'm forcing you to show. He's, he's an offense contractor. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Offense contractor. Try, try to put a cap on it here. Uh, do you have any shout outs here before we end the episode? Yeah. Um, one of the guys, because I was going to say earlier when you were talking, Benny, about like Kobe Bryant mindset and like the willingness to just like devote themselves and get better at something. Um, one of the players that we used to have in the scene, I haven't seen him in a long time. I hope he's doing well, though, was uh, Sean Mogalate. Like if I ever saw that guy get like hit with something where he was like mad, you could just see it in him and be like, I will never again be hit by that. And I will destroy anything that tries to throw that at me. And then the next day he would have already like mastered it. So like I'm giving Sean a shout out because I thought he was one of our all time best players just in terms of his mindset, his approach. And then I could be wrong. Scott actually probably had the best showing it like an Evo, like back in the day. But since 2009, I feel like Sean and you had the best Evo showings because he lost that match to go from top 32 to what was it? Top 18 or top 16 at Evo. Oh, nice. He lost that Vega player. Yeah, no, he was legit, bro. He was super yeah. good. Yeah. So yeah. Shout outs to Sean. Absolutely. Uh, Latif, I think holds the record for best showing at Evo. Um, yeah, but bro, like, it, <laughs> yeah, like he's, he's adopted Arizona. Like I love Latif, right? When he was here, I was like, hell yeah. Latif is AZ for sure. But like, yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> He's representing yeah, national like esports now. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, I mean, Fair enough. yeah, I say, unless you include Latif, it's like you, Scott probably had something that I don't know about that was probably like top eight or whatever. Um, but yeah, in terms of four, like I think you and Sean did the best. So, and even when I remember when Sean lost that game to that Vega player, he was like, I, he, he didn't abandon his strategy at all. He was like, I will die either failing to execute the strategy or I will beat you with this and it's going to be epic. And he almost did, but you know, I, so I respected that. Cause I was like, yeah, dog, like Kobe Bryant. I, I feel that like hundred percent. I'm the same <laughs> way. Like I, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose on my terms, not your terms. Like, yeah. I was going to say quick correction. I, I did. I did remember that Latif tweeted out 
that he knew Year's Day that he's a free agent. He's not with Nasser Esports anymore. He's not. Oh no. Well, Ooh. I guess we got to bring him back to Arizona somehow. Someone get a GoFundMe going. <laughs> there you go, dude. Now he's he's AZ again, right? If he's a free agent, then like, yeah, he's Arizona. So, yeah, emphasis on the free part. Kidding, kidding, <laughs> kidding. We're doing good. <laughs> Alrighty, you can find us at uh, Twitch.tv at uh, wait. You can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash spiral series, YouTube at youtube.com slash spiral series, and on Apple Podcasts and Spotify under Absolute Guard. This has been the Absolute Guard Podcast, episode 69, the big 69, with John Benny and Luminaire, aka Mike. Thanks for tuning in. I can't talk. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm going to go eat some dinner. Benny's it's it's those tacos. <laughs> yeah, let's finish those tacos. Yep. See ya. All right, later, guys. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks for having me on.